Welcome to Eat, Drink, Innovate, the podcast about food startups, innovators and entrepreneurs who are making their mark in Australia's dynamic food and beverage industry. The future of food is happening here. Come join Susie White at the table to eat, drink and innovate. Aha! Hi everyone, I'm Susie White and welcome to episode 10 of the Eat, Drink, Innovate podcast. Today, I'm talking with Emily Chen. She's the founder of Bake It Box, a subscription baking kit service that inspires people of all baking levels to be creative and get into the kitchen. Emily was inspired to start Bake It Box in 2016 when she was caught out with expired baking ingredients when making a cake for a friend's housewarming party. Emily realized that most people don't keep their pantry stocked with all the ingredients needed when the mood or occasion rises for baking. So after packing in her full-time biotech job, Emily launched Bake It Box to help overcome these baking challenges. She now creates comprehensive baking kits which provide everything you need, including step-by-step instructions, pre-measured dry ingredients, tools and edible decorations to make a baking masterpiece. In this episode, you'll hear how Emily bootstrapped her way to build Bake It Box, taking on contract and odd jobs while pouring all her earnings back into the business. You'll hear her joy in making home baking easier so that more people can be creative and bring happiness to others with their baked creations. You'll learn how she shifted from being a solo entrepreneur to building up an inspiring network of professional mentors and like-minded food entrepreneurs who helped her bring to life the Bake It Box mantra, life is short, you can bake that cake and eat it too. Plus, you'll learn how you are the sum of the five people around you and why it's so important to seek out the right tribe to be a successful food entrepreneur. And finally, because this is episode 10 and it's important to celebrate the small wins, I'll be giving a shout out to all those who have sent me feedback on the podcast to date. So welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you so much for having me, Susie. (laughs) Oh, look, it's my pleasure. I always like to start by just setting the scene for listeners. Maybe if you could tell us kind of, you know, what you do and what your business is about. Great. No worries. Okay. So my name is Emily and I am the sole founder of Bake It Box. And at Bake It Box, we make fun and delicious baking kits to inspire Australians of all baking levels and ages to get more creative into the kitchen. Um... And we do this by providing these comprehensive baking kits that contain practically everything you need. So all you have to do is add in some basic wet ingredients like butter, milk and eggs and then have fun baking, you know, and hopefully treat yourself to some a big slice of cake or cupcake afterwards. Fantastic. It's making me hungry already. Now let's talk a little bit more about the sort of kits you offer because these are not that I would buy in like a Coles or a Woolworths. Tell us a little bit about maybe one of your kits. So you're definitely right about that. The key difference between um, our baking kits is that they contain practically everything you need. So we're talking pre-measured dry ingredients, decorations, and, you know, any of the tools and things you need. Um, So, for example, we have a unicorn cake that we've just recently launched. That kit contains... 
the cake, the icing, but it also contains a piping tip that you'd need, piping bags, um, colouring, and also the disposable baking tins as well. Because, you know, if you're new to baking, um, you might not have all the tools that you'd need in your own home kitchen. So we like to provide all of that so you don't have to worry about, you know, not having the right tools and equipment as well. And is it just me or are unicorns trending at the moment? I'm seeing them everywhere. Yeah, they've been trending for a long time. And, you know, it just keeps on coming. Like it started in cakes and then it moved on to, you know, other type of desserts. So now you even see rainbow pizzas burritos, drinks, it's just blown up and I think it's here today for sure. Totally. And I noticed too, it looks like you do a Bake It box per month and we'll talk about your product offer in a minute, but I just wanted to delve into the June one I saw, for example, was a lemon and elderflower sponge cake inspired by the royal wedding. Yeah, I thought that was so fun. So our Bake It box follows a subscription business model which basically means that every month we relaunch a new baking kit and that baking kit is available for just that month only. Tell me how you started this business and maybe set the scene. What were you doing before you started it? So prior to Baker Bucks, I was just working in a corporate job in the scientific industry. The role that I had at the time, you know, it was a very crazy busy one. I was working long hours and, um, you know, I was also even working on the weekend. And one day I was invited to a friend's housewarming party and I thought that I'll bake something up. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of, you know, a good few hours just, you know, trying to search online, trying to figure out what to bake. And I was just spending so much time. I figured, you know, it's a bit silly. Maybe I should see what I had in my cupboard first. To my surprise, I realized that everything literally expired. You know, and I'm talking about unopened packets of chocolate, all of these things that, you know, I'd purchased and I, I just didn't get around to using it. Um, and so at that point, a few things came to mind. The first one was, you know, the shock, the surprise that, you know, it's actually been that long since I baked something. Uh, but also second, you know, I still wanted to bake something for the housewarming party. You know, I wanted to do something fun, something different. But I just couldn't justify whether it was worth it to buy all the ingredients again. Um, having known that, you know, it might just end up sitting there and gather dust again. That's really when the light bulb moment came about. You know, I just thought it'd be so great if I had a kit, a baking kit that contained everything I needed. I didn't have to worry about running to this cake decorating store in this place to buy it. I wouldn't have to worry about baking up the cake, um, making all the icing. I need to find out that I ran out of the icing because it wasn't enough. And, you know, the more I thought about the idea, the more I thought, oh, you know, there's nothing available in the Australian market. And I just thought, oh, I could make that. And that's really how the idea behind Baker Box started. So it sounds like the idea really came out of a, a personal pain point. You wanted to bake something special, but all your products in, in your pantry were expired. So you saw a need to solve for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I just felt that this is something that was an issue for me. And I thought, you know, other people would probably have this trouble as well. And they probably, you know, would love the idea of having a kit that had everything you need. You didn't have to worry about it. But honestly, it was many, many months until I actually acted upon that idea. Yeah, tell me about that. Were, were you a great baker? Is this what you did? Were, were you known amongst your family and friends for being a baker? I consider myself as a home baker. I do it for fun. Um, you know, not, I, I guess you could say I was, I was always the one that, you know, bought um, little cakes and treats and whatnot over 
to family, friends, have to share because that's one of the things I really love about baking is, you know, being able to make something from scratch and then be able to share it with um, your friends and family and just, you know, enjoy food together. But it was just really a hobby and something that I enjoyed doing at home. Why do you think people like to bake? What is it that's so special about baking for someone else? Um, I think there's a few reasons. For myself, I'll say I really enjoy baking because it just it makes me happy. You know, being able to bake something with my own two hands, you know, you start with just raw ingredients like flour, sugar, and you end up with this delicious cake or cupcake or cookie. And then be able to share it with family, friends and have them eat it and enjoy it. I think that's what makes everyone so happy as well. But on a psychological level, there's a bit of research that's gone about that shows that there's actually a lot of mental health benefits to baking as well. Um, just doing an activity that you love can help boost your mood. It you know, inspires creativity in your mind and you know, all these positive benefits like that. Yeah, and as you say, it feels more meaningful. You're contributing something very personal as a gift. Now, let's get back to how you started. So you were in biotech. You had this idea. Did you rush out and quit your job that day and start this up? Or tell us about the actual startup journey. When did you leap into it? I've wanted to start a business for a few years, but I never could take that next step. And so with Baker Box, it was the same thing. I thought of the idea, but it took many, many months until I actually did something about it. And looking back, it was really due to fear, you know, fear of the unknown, um, fear of if I choose to start this business, what would happen? It was fear of, you know, am I really suitable to be an entrepreneur? Can I really do this? If I choose to leave my job, what would happen? So all these came through my mind. And that was really the reason that stopped me from going ahead. And I got to a point where I had one excuse left. And that excuse was, I couldn't think of a good name. Like looking at that, it's just, you know, it's one of those silly things that go, what were you thinking? Um, but honestly, that was a tipping point, really. Like I couldn't think of a business name until one day I was in the kitchen and the name Baker Box Randolin came to me. And then I was like, that's it. I have no more excuses. I'm just going to do it. And at that point, that's when I, you know, I made the commitment to myself that I was going to give it a go. And it, it didn't matter what happened, what was the end result, because at least I'd know that I'm giving it a go right now. I'm giving it my all. And I say to myself, if it was going to fail, I'm going to make it a spectacular failure because at least then no regrets, had fun, learned, and then I can move on. How long were you in that fear state? I mean, how many, was that years or months? Yeah, so in the last few years, I had wanted to. I'd thought about the idea. But yeah, it was it was many, many years I, I thought about doing it, but I could just never take that plunge, that first step into actually doing something about it, making it happen. Okay, so you had the name, you had the idea that those barriers were removed. You'd overcome your fear and said, no, no, no I'm, I'm going to go hard. I'm, I'm all in on this. What was that very first step? I mean, what do you even do first? You go on the, your good friend, the internet. <laughs> You know, I knew that I just had to hit the ground running and just do it. One of the first things I did is just do a bit of search online. I found some service providers and experts in the field of starting a, a business. Um, I spoke to an accountant. I spoke to lawyers about, you know, trademarking the business name Baker Box. And that's where I started. That sounds all very logical, which is good. So you set up the company, you got the legal advice. I take it the name was free, Bake It Box. Part of the challenge these days is not trying to get that URL. Yes, thank God. <laughs> yeah, luckily it was available. And I just hit the ground running. 
Now, let's talk about how you knew what products to put together, because as we mentioned already, these are not your basic cake. You know, I'm seeing things like Rocky Road brownie pops. I'm seeing like white chocolate and raspberry cakes. How did you know which baking kits to offer? There's a few things that I look at when curating a new kit. I look at any of the cake decorating trends and um, things that are going on in um, the foodie industry. I also look at themes and occasions for that particular month if anything's going on. And I also look at, um, you know, feedback from um, customers and any um, ideas and suggestions that they have. One of the great things about having a, a subscription business model is that every month, um, we have a new kit that our customers can look forward to. And that's also an opportunity for me to um, do a lot of market testing. What I like to do with each kit is that I like to mix things up. Every month is something completely different. So one month you'll be doing a cake. The next month will be going to be tea to be something else. It could be a cupcake or cookie. Um, and I also like to, um, you know, of course, keep it fun and exciting, but also throw in a little challenge for sometimes. So one month it might be really fun and easy and another time it might really um, push you and teach you a new skill. So those are the those are the few things I look at in creating each kit. And who's your ideal customer, Emily? Who, who are you sort of hoping will buy these boxes or who is buying these boxes, I should say? It's really anyone who wants to bake or who does regularly bake and they enjoy baking. Our customers come from a broad spectrum from, you know, beginner bakers to more advanced. We've got some really young kids from 9 to 12 that use our kits. So it's really for anyone who just likes baking or would love to give it a go and just have fun, really. That's what baking is really all about, I think. So I'm not a great home cook, but I could possibly put together a cake if I tried. What's the difficulty level of these kids? They do vary sometimes. Um, in terms of a monthly one, sometimes they're super easy and fun. Other times they can be challenging. All of our baking kits contain step-by-step instructions that you can follow. And I think that makes a huge difference because you know how if you're looking on Instagram, you see something really fancy and something amazing. And your first thought, well, my first thought is always, I don't think I can do that. But I think with any activity, if you break it down into simple to follow steps, it's not as hard as you think it is. Um, but also, you know, a lot of our kids include tutorials and blogs, you know, if ever you have a question or problem or, you know, little troubleshooting that you need help with. Let's, for example, talk about the June cake, the lemon and elderflower sponge cake. I saw that you had on that also a tutorial about how to use a flour plunger cutter. And I thought, thank goodness, I have no idea how to use a flour plunger cutter. Are you, are you doing tutorials quite a lot as well? <laughs> Yeah, some of the kits do include, you know, a fun um, baking tool, equipment you can take home and reuse whenever. And it just depends, it depends on the kit. Some kits we do include video tutorials, some some you don't really need to because they're a lot more easy and fun to do. So we've tried to be, provide as much resources that we as we need um, to our customers so that they feel confident, they feel they're supported when they're at home baking. Yeah, so that they can just focus on having more fun. And is that is that your clever hands and you in the video? Are you making those? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of them are my hands. I I really enjoy making the videos and just having fun with it. So yeah, when you see those hands, my hands there most of the time. <laughs> and where are you shooting those, um, Emily? Are you having to do that in a professional studio somewhere? No, see, a lot of the shooting. A lot of the test baking that we do, that I do, and also a lot of the shooting, I just do it at home, to be honest. Um, I have a great camera, some lighting. Yeah, it's all shot just in my home kitchen. 
And I was thinking about when you said you follow cake decorating trends to get inspiration for each uh, box's recipe. It sounds like you're quite big on social media. Are you spending a lot of days pouring over Instagram? Oh, I do. I do love, I have to say, I do love my Instagram and I do love my YouTube. I mean, like on YouTube alone, there's so many amazing bakers and so many of them are Australian as well. So it's just fun to really watch their tutorials and gather lots of inspiration from them and learn from them as well. So definitely, yeah, I probably should you know, stop using my phone every soon often, but I just love it. For Bakerbox, social media is such an integral part of the business because that's the key way we get to interact with our customers. A lot of our customers, um, you know, they share their baking snaps, their Baker Box creations with us, and we have a little chat. And, you know, it's just such a fun baking community. We inspire each other. We share ideas. It's just, it's so fun. And I guess that's probably why I'm always on there as well. <laughs> and so for you, is that the main way you're recruiting your customers? Yeah, that would definitely be the main way. I think, you know, it really helps when um, Baker Box customers, they share their um, creations because I guess it shows other people that, you know, you can do it and it buys and motivates some. Um, other bakers who are wanting to go out and try baking themselves. It's funny. Most entrepreneurs I talk to, they're either, they love social media or they think they do it very poorly and they wish they knew more about it. I'm going to ask you a hard question now. Do you have any tips for your best social media tips or tricks? Oh, golly. It's always a learning process. You know, when I look back at my very first baking kit and I look back at all the pictures you know, that I took on Instagram. I cringe because it's like, oh, the photos were so bad. They were so dark. Oh, it's so horrible. So, you know, so when I look back, I'm like, oh. I guess the best tips that I would have in terms of social media is just to honestly just be yourself, share your story, provide engaging and interesting posts that can help your customers. Um, and I think people just naturally relate to your story and they'll naturally engage. I think that's about it, really. I mean, having pretty pictures helps a lot as well on, you know, on social media because it's such a visual platform. But I think just have fun with it. Just be yourself and be authentic and people, you know, people will come. And I think that's great advice to your earlier point. It, it doesn't have to be perfect because people and businesses aren't perfect. So if it looks real and authentic, then I think people will follow you and, and appreciate that. All right, let's jump back to your startup journey because I really want to unpack that a little bit more. Were you still working in your biotech company when you started actually actioning the startup of this business or were you juggling both a while? Tell me a bit about that. So I decided if I was going to take the leap, I was going to do it in a hardcore way. So I did leave my job. I left my full-time role. So essentially, I was working on Baker Bucks full-time hours. Um, you know, that include my weekends. Um, but definitely take on contract roles, odd jobs here and there just to make ends meet. Even now, I still do take on odd jobs. You know, I found that financially, it really helps to at least have income coming in that's my own that I can use for my own personal spending because all the money that comes from BakerBox is reinvested back straight into BakerBox. So having been able to have my own my own money makes a big difference and it just, it's just, it makes it so much easier. You know, less worry, less stress. It's time for a quick break now. And when we come back, you'll hear how Emily Shen of BakerBox shifted from being an isolated entrepreneur to building up an inspiring network around her that would spur BakerBox onwards and upwards. Hey everyone, just a quick thanks to today's sponsor, Rocket Cedar, who helped make this podcast possible. 
Rocket Cedar accelerates the pace of food and agriculture innovation. They help entrepreneurs right through the value chain from production to consumption. Rocket Cedar provides a range of structured innovation and entrepreneurship programs, high performance coaching, and builds communities around entrepreneurs, providing them with the growing conditions so they can start up fast and grow rapidly. Rocket Cedar works with entrepreneurs seeking to bring new products or services to market, including food and beverages, software and hardware, chemistry, materials, equipment, packaging, new processes and new business models. You could be at early stage with just a cracker of an idea or all the way to a minimum viable product or service with paying customers. So if you or someone you know is working on a food or agriculture related business idea or a startup, then find out more about how Rocket Cedar can help at www.rocketcedar.com. Welcome back. Today I'm talking to Emily Shen, the founder of Bake It Box. And you've heard so far how she's gone all in. She's embraced her fears and overcome self-doubt to become fully committed to turning her baking subscription idea into a real business. And I asked Emily how she found the right suppliers to help her transform baking recipes into a user-friendly baking kit. Considering all of those pre-measured packs of flour, sugar, decorations, and everything else you need to create a baking masterpiece. Well, in terms of supplies, it was really just looking online and also just asking around, you know, talking to other foodies in the industry and asking around. In terms of packaging and all that, we actually still do it in-house. My home kitchen is certified, but we also have a commercial kitchen that I use. And, you know, I, I'm up there just packing up these bags and packing up the kit. When things get busy, you know, I'll bring in a few people to help out. Are you literally having to decant giant flower bags into smaller bags and seal them? Are you doing those parts? <laughs> yeah, we, we do. Ev- I do everything. Decanting the flowers, yeah, sometimes that can be a little bit messy. But honestly, one of the fa- things I love the most about Baker Fox is actually packing the kits. I feel a little bit like Santa in the sense that, you know, I'm putting all these little bits and bobs into the kit and I just I just think about how um, our customers will feel when they open it up and I have so much fun doing that. It's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I'm imagining you obviously test the recipes before you create the box and send them out. Who are your guinea pigs? Who's eating all these test products? Family and friends. I learned that really quickly. Oh, I, I'm the biggest sweet tooth, so if this, if this cake or something in front of me, I will devour and eat it. So what I learned quickly was do my test baking, take a bite, and then give it to fans and family and friends. So nothing ever goes to waste. I always give out all the food and share it around. And then, and then my best te- best taste testers. Um, sometimes for the for each kit, you know, I'll retest the recipe multiple multiple times. There's always lots of yummy stuff, you know, in my fridges. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I'm coming over. You're more than welcome to. Let's talk about um, the other things you sell. So you also sell, so you sell the kits and you can subscribe on your website, the, um, the mm-hmm. bakeitbox.com.au. But I noticed you also sell tools and supplies. Tell us a little bit about that. So with our baking kits, you, you really don't really need anything. As long as you have, you know, a hand mixer at home and also your oven and uh, bowls and spoons 
and, you know, measuring cups. Those are really the, the necessary equipment that you need to really bake up the kit. But we do have a, um, a little store that we have um, some additional cake decorating tools. And those are for people who, you know, try baking or like to bake and they want to get a little bit more serious. They're complementary to the kit. So you don't need it. But if you do want it and you want to up your game a little bit, then, you know, they're there as well for you. Good to know. Always good to have that extra kit if you need it. So changing the topic a little bit now, Emily, do you also go to events? Uh, going to events and showcasing your business, is that a way of increasing awareness? Yes. Um, Bakerbox is currently, it's a purely online e-commerce. So most of our interactions um, with customers is all done online. But we definitely every now and then, um, every so often, I have been attending events. I actually have one coming soon. We're going to be at the Flinders Pizzas Market in the Royal Exhibition Building in Melbourne in mid-July. So we'll have a little store there and we'll have our kits on display and some food to eat as well. So that's really fun. Definitely in the future, I'm looking more um, more towards participating in more markets and things like that as well. I think that'd be really fun to be able to meet potential customers face-to-face and have a good chat with them. Now, thinking about uh, where you're at now with the business, in hindsight, who's helped you get the business to where it is now? That's a good question. So I'm the sole founder of Bakerbox. And when I first started in, I guess you could say in the first year, I really ended up isolating myself a fair bit. You know, in starting up a business, there's a lot to do. And I spent a lot of my time just really focusing on the business. You know, I didn't really want to go out. And I ended up isolating myself a lot and also just really lonely, you know. Working by myself as a self-founder, there's no one that I can turn to. There's no one that, you know, I can talk to to bounce ideas off. And so I think by the end of the first year, I was just really feeling it, feeling really alone. And it really was only until two key things that happened. One was that I was advised by a friend to attend um, this festival, which was run by Small Business Victoria. And they had, you know, they had all these events where, you know, you can connect with other small business owners and also experts in the field. And it was through really forcing myself to make time to go to there that I made um, all these connections with people. And it was really through those connections, letting people know who I am, what I'm doing, that I was actually recommended to speak to Jeff, who's the managing director of a incubator program called Rocket Theatre. Um, and this this incubator program had applications open for any startups in the food and agriculture industry. And so it was literally because of that one connection I made through making a conscious effort to go out that I was made aware of the Rocket Theatre. Um, so I went there, applied, and I got in. Hang on a minute, Emily. What is an incubator program and what does it do? So an incubator program essentially is um, a short-term intensive program where startups come together. They have mentors and special classes that they attend. And they're there to learn about ways in which they can um, grow their business. It's also just an amazing ecosystem where startups all come together, you work together and you share your ideas and um, experiences. And so the end goal is that, you know, you, you learn, you improve, you grow and hopefully you've helped to, um, to improve your business. So it, it sounds like you found the sounding board and maybe some of the expertise you needed just to support your own thinking and your own plans. 
Yeah, definitely. It's funny that you mentioned thinking and plans because I'm so grateful that I heard about it and was actually to be able to be part of it. Um, but it was definitely not easy. It definitely pushed my boundaries and it made me challenge everything I knew about Bakerbox. Box. The business is my baby, you know, and I'm so into it that it can be sometimes really hard to sit from an outside perspective. And so to have Rocket to come along and confront um, my views and beliefs about it and, and, make, and to make me evaluate um, the business, that was really hard. You know, it's very confronting. But on the other side, it's so important to the business, so important to consistently review it, look at ways in which you can prove it. You know, something's not working, change direction. Um, but what was so amazing for myself in particular was just to be surrounded by other inspirational startups who are also doing things in the food industry. So when I compare to where I'm now, compared to where I was a year ago, it's it's extremely different. Um, you know, in the first year of business, I was completely alone. Now I have, you know, an amazing group of other startups. You know, we're also there to support each other, share experiences. We all can relate to what each of us are going through. And it's just so lovely to have that, to have that group, you know, to have that tribe of people who, you know, know what you're doing, know what you feel. It's just really nice to be part of an amazing ecosystem that supports and motivates each other. And so you through that journey now, you've gone through that program, you've got some mentors in place and this, it sounds like a great support group going through similar issues that you are. Do you feel like you've kind of proven the business? Do you feel like it's working now? In the entrepreneurial journey, it's not easy. You know, there's the days when you have um, super highs and that could be, you know, something that you've been working on um, has worked or you're getting all these sales coming, which is amazing. But there's also, you know, a lot of lows as well. To have such an amazing support network that, you know, I know I can go talk to, seek advice from when things aren't going well, to provide advice how I can problem solve or improve or change, um, it, it really makes such a big difference. So it's a continual learning process, really. Terrific. Now, what are you focusing on next for your business? What's kind of your next big focus? Oh, there's so many things to say. Um, one of the things that I am working on right now is creating more kits that isn't part of the subscription business model um, in that they just, they'll just they just be available all year round. Um, and I'm looking at more birthday themed, more occasion themed cakes, and also looking at kits that a mom or a dad could do with their kids or, you know, grandparents could do with their grandkids and spend time together. Well, I'd like to do some really fun ones that kids can, you know, really get their hands and sort of get messy and have fun. That type of product expansion sounds like the best fun project in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fun to be able to, you know, beg and a taste this. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're thinking about other food entrepreneurs who, you know, are looking at your business and saying, I kind of like to do what she's doing, what words of advice would you have for them? Um, My first thing would be do it. (laughs) Don't think too much. You know, if you ever thought about wanting to do it, just do it because you'll never regret at least giving it a go and trying. I would also say really take the time out, make the time to find your tribe. Um, find people that you can talk to and share who are also doing the same thing that you're doing. It makes such a big difference to have other people there and to know that you're not alone. Um, but also I'd say is persevere, keep on going. You know, there's days when it's just so much fun. Other days you just can't help but wonder, what am I doing here? 
uh, have I made the right decision? But, you know, you can do it. Like, just keep on going. That's terrific advice. And now how can people listening find out more about you, uh, your business, and, and where to buy your products or subscribe? So for anyone who's interested in baking or learning to bake, you can um, find us online at um, Um We're also on social media from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter at BakerBox. And I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes for anyone listening so they want to find those. And you can just gorge yourself on a beautiful pictures of delicious cakes. <laughs> Well, thank you, Emily. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait. You're you're starting the entrepreneur journey. You're well on your way. You've got a great team of support around you. I'm going to keep my eye on your business and see where you end up. Uh, But I think Bake It Box is destined for wonderful and great things. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your inspiring story. You're too kind. Thank you, Susie. And thank you for the opportunity to be part of such an awesome podcast. Aftertaste, the sweet taste of success. Thanks for sticking around. This is the part of the podcast when I think back on my chat with Emily Chen from Bake It Box and reflect on an insight from her startup journey. Now, many of the food entrepreneurs I've had the good fortune to talk to really seem to personify their brand. And I found it to be especially true with Emily from Bake It Box this week. She has an open honesty and infectious enthusiasm that resulted in many minutes of our interview just being filled with laughter. She seems the perfect creator for the happy, vibrant and creative masterpieces that Bake It Box helps you bake. But Emily's own joie de vivre was threatened by the very business she sought to build. In the first year of operation, Emily said... I really ended up isolating myself a lot and I was completely alone. She was so caught up in her role as a food entrepreneur that the task became all-absorbing. She worked days, weekends, she didn't want to go out or even spend time on anything else. It wasn't until Emily had the opportunity to work with other entrepreneurs in a startup incubator that she realized just how isolated she had become. And I wanted to talk about this today. It's a now famous concept that you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. And it touches on the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people, especially when you're trying to do something new and challenging like running your own business. It was motivational speaker John Roan who famously said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. His theory is based on the law of averages, that the result of any given situation will be the average of all outcomes. It suggests that the five people you spend the most time with shape who you are, that although you may interact with many people, it's the few who are closest to you that will have the greatest impact on your way of thinking, your decisions, your attitudes, and your actions. And contrary to popular belief, as well as having positive and supportive people around you that do want you to succeed... It's equally important to have constructive critics, especially if you're more experienced. Now, according to a study by researchers at the University of Chicago, Finkelstein and Fishback in 2012, they 
examined how to motivate and change behavior. What they found is that novices preferred positive feedback because hearing what they were doing well helped them stay committed to a course of action. Whereas experts sought critical feedback so that they could make real progress and improvements. And I think for Emily from Bake Box, this proved to be true. When she worked alone, she had only her own inner monologue working alongside her. And I think we all know from personal experience what a bad coach that voice in your head makes. Emily told herself to just work harder and longer. She second-guessed the merit of her ideas and she worried about the prospect of failing. However, after Emily entered that startup incubator program, in her own words, she found her tribe, a group of mentors who challenged her business assumptions systematically and objectively, and a group of like-minded food entrepreneurs who, although they had very different businesses, offered support and companionship through their shared experiences. And this made all the difference in the world. Emily no longer felt isolated and overwhelmed. She benefited from the combination of a sense of belonging and support from an understanding peer group and the challenging critique of business mentors. This combined force strengthened the Bake It Box business model. It made Emily braver and less risk averse. So she was able to embrace the benefits of learning and make business changes to improve. So what does this all mean for you? Well, take a moment to think, who would you really like to have in your corner that would spur you on to bigger and better things? Have you set yourself up for failure or success in the people you surround yourself with? Or are you still trying to do it all alone? If there's some aspect of your business you're really stuck on, or you just can't get out of your own head to see the woods for the trees, then I suggest you pause, look around, and find the right people to help get you into a better place. And then maybe ask yourself, could you be doing the same thing for somebody else? Well, that's it for this episode. Many thanks to my guest today, Emily Chen from Bake It Box, for sharing her authentic food entrepreneur story with us. And I would like to pause briefly and say a small hooray in recognition that this is episode 10 of the Eat, Drink, Innovate podcast. Now, while I know that'll be small potatoes to you long-term podcasters and listeners, just like any entrepreneur, there was a time when I didn't think I'd even get episode one off the ground. So, I wanted to thank those of you who are listening and who have taken the time to give me feedback. Here's what a few of you said. Shane says, I told my team just to listen to the interview and Susie will tell you what it all means in the aftertaste bit at the end. That's where the real knowledge gems are. Well, Shane, I have been tempted many a time not to do this part of the podcast because it does sometimes take me so long to prepare and I wasn't even sure anyone was listening to it. So thank you for that timely reminder that it is helpful and you are listening. With that in mind, I will continue to do this. And now from Lisa, who says, I just loved the Sam Tucker podcast. That was episode five. He's such an Aussie character. He's so very down to earth and inspiring that I passed the episode on to my husband, who is trying to start up his own business. Well, thank you, Lisa. I agree. Sam's a great bloke. I know not every episode will resonate with everyone, but 
if just one food entrepreneur story strikes a chord or motivates you at the right time, then I really consider my job is done. Moving on, Kath says to me, I am so glad you spoke with Corinne Noyes of Madam Flavor. I've been enjoying her specialty teas for many years now and loved hearing her backstory. Uh, that was episode three. However, I recently realized her tea bags are not biodegradable. So could you please let her know that I would really like them to be? Mmm, sounds like a customer pain point to me and a great opportunity for some new product innovation. Kath, I will be sure to pass that message on to Corinne. And finally, Christy says, I actually got in touch with Will Cook from Harvest Box. Uh, he was on episode two, and I had a great chat with him about my own startup business. He was very kind, and he gave me lots of great advice. Wow, I'm so thrilled, Christy. The whole theme of today's podcast has really been about working with people and finding those who can help shape your behavior and actions in a positive way. And it sounds like you've been brave enough to do just that. So kudos to you. Well, if you would like to give me some feedback on the podcast or pass on your comments to my guests, I will read these out every 10 episodes or so. So don't hesitate to email me at podcast at eatdrinkinnovate.com.au. And thank you again for listening. Join me next time to eat, drink and innovate. Do you have any suggestions about successful food or beverage entrepreneurs and innovators in Australia that you think Susie should be talking to? You can get in touch with her at eatdrinkinnovate.com.au forward slash podcast and find all the show note links and innovation resources there too. And if you like this podcast, please help others discover it by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from. 